Hello and welcome to the Heart of the Piano podcast where we are as always exploring the world of piano. I'm Bob Rose and today we are looking at the number four psychological skill that you need to practice at the piano to be deeply musical. And so uh, I do recommend the, the first three, by the way. Uh, there will be links in the show notes. The show notes are on heartofthepiano.com. Now, I'm just going to get straight to the point, uh, because like in the first three, I've just spent ages building up the suspense and going, can you guess what it is? Uh, but number four is basically, it's very similar to mindfulness and meditation, except I think this is just something that all good musicians just do naturally. And when you watch really good musicians uh, teaching or doing master classes, you have to be able to do this. You just absolutely have to be able to do this. And so this is the number four skill that you need. I, I recommend that you practice it like this. Whenever you're practicing, change every five to ten minutes. Um, I mean, you can change it whenever you want, but, but this is just to start with. To start with, every five to ten minutes, change the focus of where your awareness is, of whatever you're practicing. Now, let, let me try and define that a little bit more. What most of my students do, almost all of them, is they sort of think that the way to do it is to basically just learn the notes first. So I've got a piece ready. I'm sat at my digital piano at home. Um, by the way, I've got loads of keys sticking on my kawaii. I need to get someone to come around and fix it. Um, so if certain, if I'm not playing well, maybe it's because my keys are sticking. <laughs> That's my excuse. No, but, but it is true. It is true. Loads of my keys, like the black keys, are sticking and not going down. Anyway, so I've got this this piece ready. It's a Bersace by Ilyinsky, arranged by me. Um, and so, so I'm just using this to sort of illustrate the, the, what I'm going to be doing. Now, what most of my students would do is they'd sit down and go, right, I've got to learn these notes. Whoops. And this is the thing. When I do that, I can't even play it. <laughs> and then my students wonder why everything's so difficult. That's literally just me focusing on just playing the right notes. I know how to play this piece. I know how to play it. And the moment I'm just focusing on only playing the right notes, I get the notes wrong. And, and honestly, it's so counterintuitive for most of my students that this is not the way to actually play all the correct notes. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, this is, this is what it sounds like, you know, when a lot of the students are playing, they're like... They're just focusing on... Now, I kind of understand, obviously, the very first times that, that you look at it, you do have to do some note learning. But even then, I don't recommend just only learning the notes. The, the very, you know, there are times when I open a piece of music and look at something ludicrously difficult. Like, I'm sure that when I open a, a Rachmaninoff, an advanced Rachmaninoff piece or advanced Chopin or, you know, whatever it is, advanced Prokofiev, whatever on earth the piece is, I'm sure that when I open it and start learning it, that there are bits that for me are way more difficult for me than whatever my students are practicing. And yet I do not just immediately go, right, let me just figure out what the correct notes are. That's never the way to approach something that's difficult. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I just have to slowly try and persuade people that. But the, this is what I'm going to sort of look at now. So, you know, from the very first moment that, that we look at it, we've got to sort of start going, well, well what's going on here? A anyway, let me just talk you through all the, I mean, not all of them, because uh, as I often say to my students, really, if I were to take 
all the possible ways that we could use our awareness and different places to put it and different ways of, of having it. Uh, if I were to sort of write down every single method, I could probably fill more than an entire library of books with all the ways that there are to do this. It's like infinite. There's an, there's an infinitely huge amount of creative ways that, that you can use your imagination and your your creativity with how you use your awareness. But let me sort of go through some of the most common ones. So the most, I mean, okay, one way of doing it is just, just the notes. I don't recommend that, but, but that is, that is obviously one way that we can, but don't, don't do that. Let, let, let me sort of approach this uh, from the point of view of, uh, okay, we're no longer note learning, but this is sort of what we can look at. So a really common one that we can do, and all I'm going to do is I'm just going to play each time and just sort of demonstrate to you. You're going to have to take my word for it that I am focusing on that thing that I am. And when I say focusing, I, th- I don't like the word focusing because I think sometimes it implies a very narrow, tight beam of focus. But actually, a lot of the time, it's more like just gently resting awareness in a particular place. It's not super narrow, which means I can still be aware of what the notes are. I'm still aware of how I feel. I'm aware of lots of things. But it's more just like, um, imagine like you've got a flashlight, a torch, and your torch flashlight, uh, you're, you're able to make it a very tight, narrow beam, or it can be a very broad, wide beam. And uh, most of the time when I'm playing, I don't want a tight, narrow beam. I want a, a much wider beam. But at the same time, I can still roughly point it in certain directions. Uh, like, for example, the first one I'm going to think about, I'm going to focus on the, the tone colours. I'm going to... Um, and, and there's so many ways that I could do this. But for the moment, all I'm going to do is just listen to this piano and the and uh, and again gosh there's so many ways that I can do this okay the way I'm going to treat this I'm going to play as if I'm buying a new piano and I'm listening for what is the quality of this specific piano as if I'm going to spend tens or hundreds of thousands of pounds or dollars or whatever and so I'm really listening closely to what does this piano sound like is it worthy of such a ridiculous amount of money you know like I'm really listening to the sound of this instrument and uh, I'm just going to play now with that quality of listening uh, which means I have to take my headphones off so let's have a listen um Okay, so that's me sort of listening. I guess it's sort of quite critical. It's quite critical of, of you know, what the instrument is capable of. Um, I guess there's not much connection with the actual musicality. Um, it's more just me sort of going, yeah, what's this piano like? Now I'm going to play and listen to the tone colours, but like really the tone colours of what the piano is expressing. So as I play this... I sort of feel the tug on my heartstrings, if you like, like as it plays. It's like, how does the sound make me feel?
Yeah, so, so that's a very particular way of giving attention to it. And that attention is, it's yes, it's like, what does the... Uh, and when I say tone color, I don't literally mean that it has a color. It's it's more just like, what's its texture? What's the quality of the sound? And then more to the point, what emotions does the music and, and that quality of sound give me? Because if I played like this... wrong note again it's it's obviously not going to make me feel much or this you know like I'm just making very obvious points that you know like I'm really exaggerating it but I can be subtle about it I can be um, like okay here's another way that I can practice different ways of bringing attention to this I can imagine this as different instruments now in the arrangement that I made, I actually arranged this from the um, from the orchestral version. And in the orchestral version, this is a harp. Um, the harp is playing most of this, but but there are strings in the background. The strings are like going. Um, um, the, the strings are doing something like that, and then this is the harp. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to really, really, in my imagination, hear the original orchestral version, and really hear that as I'm playing, and all the emotions that I would be getting from that. Uh, This is the first violin playing the melody. And then I'm just going to play this on its own really seeing if I can get close to imagining this harp. Okay, so, yeah, okay. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to imagine that these are different instruments. I'm going to imagine this is an oboe. That line there, I'm going to imagine that's an oboe. And I'm playing it, you know, it's it's subtle. It is subtle. I don't know how well that you can hear this. But but I'm getting a different tone colour from the piano because I'm hearing something different in my imagination. Now I'm going to hear this as a flute. Oh, that's hard. No, that's too low for a flute. Can't do that. Um, What else can it be? I suppose it could be um, violins. Um, Now I'm just going to imagine it just as a piano, just like literally piano. No, I can't do that. I'm still hearing violins. (laughs) I'm going to imagine more instruments behind it. Like I'm going to imagine French horns padding the sound out. And, And so on and so on. Now, a lot of my practice really is like this fussy and nuanced. And I would say that that um, all professional um, classical pianists will practice in this kind of very, very detailed way. And by detailed, I mean like the, the tiny nuances of exactly what tone they're going for. This is the kind of practice that I do a lot of. It's like, you know, when I'm playing the melody. Now, the original was first violin. 
Um, but I don't hear first violin and, and I just did a YouTube tutorial on this. And in the YouTube tutorial, I was saying now it's a bursace, it's a, it's a lullaby. And so in, to my mind, it's, it's, a, it's a young mother going, go to sleep, you know, and rocking the baby. And, and again, this is again, more, more stuff to place awareness on. And I'm sort of jumping the gun here, really. Yeah, I'm imagining the sound of, 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 a, of a mother, a beautiful young mother, full of tenderness, full of, full of youth, but, but sort of the most beautiful, tender maternal instincts, who just wants the peace and love and safety for her child. You know, to the point where we have this first phrase, and then the second phrase, she's probably going to sing more quietly. And, and this is one breath, one breath. And then this is another breath. And then it's going to be quieter because it, 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 it goes down. And I don't work that out logically. I just know what that feels like to sing. And this is lower. And then... I can't sing that high, but... But I imagine what it would feel like to sing that high, you know. Now what I can do, I can now place my awareness in um, what is the balance like between this this beautiful um, part in the left hand and the right hand. So what I'm going to do now is mostly just be aware of what is the balance like, but in a way that I'm still feeling. I still, I feel all the emotions. I'm, I'm looking for what there is to love, but I'm also, in quite a broad sense, my, my flashlight, my torch, is showing quite a lot on the balance between the hands. Now, there's another way of doing that, which would be, can I place my awareness on the right hand and actually have as little awareness as possible on the accompaniment? And the way that I describe this to my students is I know I'm playing, well, hopefully, you know, I'll know whether I'm playing it well or not because I can feel it in my fingers. So it's sort of almost like I can can hear with my fingers, but I'm not going to hear with my ears what's happening with the left hand. So as I'm talking to you now, you know, I'm trying to listen to that as little as possible because I'm talking to you. It's almost on autopilot, but, but not quite autopilot because I know it has emotion because I can feel it in my fingers. So, but, but it, it's really at the back of my awareness. So here, it's more like I've got my torch uh, in a, a bit more of a narrow beam on the melody and the, the left hand is almost in the shadow. So let's see how that works. Now, it's okay if I play wrong notes. It's basically saying to me, oh, I need to know the notes better. So, so then I might just, um, just have a quick look and make sure that I've got the feeling of those notes in my hand. Now, I'm sure that you can immediately hear the difference in the sound. I'm not trying to play the left hand more quietly. I'm not trying to control it in any way. But what happens naturally 
when I just give way less attention to the left hand and put all my awareness on the right hand, is the left hand automatically goes quieter. It's just it's just a natural consequence of doing that. Now I think now a lot of the time I do think that's important, but I think on balance that I prefer being aware of the left hand. Because it's such a beautiful line. But but what we don't want to do, what most of my students would do is they would go and then here when they played the, the, this note in the right hand, they would just stop listening to the right hand because, because then the left hand keeps playing. But no, 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 no. You have to keep listening to... And you have to keep listening to the notes even as they decay. So here's another place where we can um, rest our awareness, which is, and this is a really important one, and, and a lot of teachers talk about the importance of this. I think that the way a lot of my students and, and a lot of people who are not professionals can listen to the piano is they listen to the note at the moment that the hammer hits the string and the moment that their finger plays the note. And then it's almost like they just stop listening to it. It's like it's almost like it's just a label of just note. They, they stop experiencing what that note sounds like. So, you know, if I play this... I can still hear that note, but most amateur pianists are no longer hearing that note by that moment. It's just, it just doesn't exist anymore, especially if the left hand is doing something. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to let my awareness rest on the decay of the sounds, like not just the initial moment that, that the hammer hits, but like as the sound gets quieter on every single note, every single note. So, for example, there, I'm, st I'm still hearing that bottom note. And I'm still hearing, I'm still hearing this note and this note and this note. I'm hearing all of them. I hear all of them together. I, I'm not just focusing on, on each note as it happens. So I really am hearing every single note, every single sound, all the way through uh, as it's held in the pedal or as my finger holds it down. Now, I'm going to try really hard to do the opposite of that, which is where I'm just basically going, there's a note, there's a note, there's a note. And I, but it's, it's so hard for me to do because I spent my whole life basically practicing the opposite of that, which is like deeply hearing the experience of the notes, not, not just the labeling of the note. Like that is a note, that's a note, that's B flat, that's D, my finger's gone there. Because that is how most non-professional play to some degree or another. I'm going to try really hard to do that. I don't know how well I'll be able to do that. Let me give it a try. Oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. That, that's, that's about there in that kind of way. And instantly I'm not hearing to the, to the, uh, I'm not listening to the tone and the color so much. Right. Let me get back into that. And, and that's what, yeah, to do that, I stare at my fingers. I stare at my fingers and think about the act of pushing each note down. And I, and I go way more onto vision and just stop using my ears as much, which is, I think, how most of my students play to some degree or another. Oh, no, I'm listening again. Oh, it's so hard to stop listening.
Right. Yes. So that is what it sounds like when I'm just thinking about each note as it happens. And that is how we listen when we are just trying to play all the correct notes. <laughs> and I realized I made that backwards leap that as I was really doing my absolute best to not keep listening to the note as it decayed, I realized, oh, I do this by just, I play this note, I play this note, I play this note correctly. The more we focus on just trying to play all the notes correctly, we stop listening to them. And that's why everything is harder. And, and you know, I've, I've got to tell you, it's so hard for me to actually play the right notes when I'm, when I'm playing like that. Because the, the focus is just so much more narrow and, and everything just becomes more difficult. Think about what happens when you're in a state of fear and suddenly every, your, your vision just narrows and, and you, it, it, it's, just, it's just like you're scared and everything just gets difficult. It's, uh, so let, let, let me do that sort of focusing on trying to get all the notes right and stop listening to them. And then the opposite is just like really listening to deeply as an experience, as like, um, as, as without any labels, not just focusing on each note as it's played, but to experience the, the whole, all of the notes that have already been played, all of them that have made up this, this whole sound. This is, this is the epitome of what it is to be musical. Now, I could go on and on and on, because like I said, you know, I could fill a, a library with, with uh, you know, infinite amounts of, of where to place your awareness. Uh, what's something else that I could do? I could be aware of phrasing, and more particularly, the way that lines go up and down. So, like shaping. I'm thinking about how I shape it. So, this is... Now, I'm not sure that I like that, but, but I am aware of like, like as, as the melody goes up, it gets louder. As it comes down, it sort of gets quieter on the whole. So... And then this goes up and then down. The right hand goes down as the left hand goes up. Um, Now, I'm not sure I like it that way, but that is another sort of way to use focus. Now, something that I say to all my students, because there are so many ways of doing this, but there is one place to, to rest your awareness in that is really, really important. And I think whatever you're practicing, you need to spend every single time that you practice, you need to spend some of your practice time letting your awareness rest in this. And that is tension and release. And it's tension and release in your chest, in your heart. And I'm going to talk about this more either in a, a different podcast or on a YouTube video. Uh, and I do have a YouTube channel, which is also called Heart of the Piano. But um, I'm not going to try and talk about it too much. But you can probably tell that if I do... Can you feel that 
this is sort of relatively relaxed and then there's just like a little bit of tension there and it's not like unpleasant tension I was talking about this in my tutorial it's it's more just emotion and, and it's more just like an emotion in the heart in the chest um, but but uh, but hopefully hopefully you can just feel a little bit of something somewhere in your chest in your heart um, um, like if I do this Can you feel like a little bit of like a ooh, suspense, a tension in the chest? Now hopefully you can feel that. And, and so something that I think is absolutely imperative um, to really feel emotion, to, to understand what music is all about, is to spend a little bit of time, whatever you're practicing, going, can I feel the tension and release tension? Release tension and and this is not something that you think I mean you can think it you can be contrived you know I could do it just by just by slowing down and getting louder but but it's not the same you don't feel it it has to be something it has to be felt that's beyond the scope of this podcast episode uh, I will talk about it another time exactly sort of how you get this physical sense of tension and release because it is hard and I don't expect my students to get it straight away but it is the absolute essence of musicality um, so start experimenting you know just finding tension and release as a as a physical thing that you feel in your body and I can tell you that the, the reason why people cannot feel this in their body which is that they are in a tight narrow focus trying really hard to get all the notes correct and when you're trying really hard to get all the notes correct and um, and also the previous um, uh, podcast episode the number three psychological skill I spoke about how when we feel that we are inadequate or when we feel we might be inadequate, when we feel that we're not good enough, there's a natural physical reaction in our bodies that the shoulders go forwards. And I think I mentioned, you know, what does someone look like when they're told, you're just not good enough, you're rubbish. And what do they do? They go, and their shoulders slump down and their chest caves in. Well, when we are in that posture... We can't feel anything in our chest. <laughs> you know, like imagine someone who's been told that they're rubbish and they believe they're rubbish and you imagine what they look like. They're not really feeling anything in their chest because it's all compressed. It's all caved in. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of other things that, that you know, so anyway, it's beyond the scope of this. But if you can explore in your chest, ah, tension, tension, release, tension. And it's a beautiful tension, you know. It's just so tender. It's so lovely here. And that, that really, you know, if I, if I don't practice tension and release in my practicing, it's not going to be musical. It is the, it's the absolute essence of, of, for me, understanding what is going on uh, in a piece of music. And, you know, I could go on and on and on. Maybe tell me if you're interested in this. And then what I might do is, is like if enough people are interested, I'll make another uh, podcast episode or even YouTube tutorial showing how I would do this with a piece that I've that I've never looked at, showing how I combine this with learning notes. If you're uh, learning a new piece and the notes are really difficult and it's difficult to read it, 
just do it slowly and do it in tiny, tiny chunks so that you are always able to focus on more than just the notes. For example, if you're learning this piece from scratch, um, we could just look at we could just look at these first four notes at the beginning. We can spend a few seconds working out how do we play these, how how do we get these under the fingers, and but then we immediately go, what else can I focus on? What what's the mood? What's it saying? We know it's a lullaby. Um, uh, it's poco andante. It's you know it's uh, a little bit slow. But but immediately we want to start sort of feeling if this was a person. What sort of mood are they in? And then what can I focus on as I play these notes? How does my nervous system feel? Do I feel calm? Do I feel agitated? Do I feel soothed? Do I feel on edge? Do I feel excited? And then and then here it's like yeah, it's very soothing. And it's not just a like a mental thought with a label. It's like how do these sounds go straight into my body and make me feel soothed? And then, you know, I can think about what instrument would this be? Even if you didn't know that this was a harp, you could think, what instrument would this be? And I think, yeah, violins. Something very soothing. And I'm really enjoying this initial sound at the beginning, this perfect fifth at the beginning. And then, oh, something else that I didn't mention, and it's sort of quite hard to, to sort of do this over um, a podcast. One of the most important things to um, rest my awareness in is like, how does my hand feel? I've spoken about interception in previous episodes, but for anyone who's not heard that word before, interception is the direct physical sensations inside the body. It's not the, the mental labeling of, of our experience, but it's like the the actual physical sensations of like the muscles, the, the insides of the body. So as I'm playing this, um, and in fact, this is one of the most important things that I do when I'm learning new notes. The moment I start learning new notes, I go, how does that feel in my fingers, like deep in my fingers? with infinite nuance. It's not just, oh, oh, it's these notes, which is how I think a lot of my students learn. When when my students are basically just going, okay, it's a G flat and a D flat and this note, this note, this note, I can tell that they're not they're not inhabiting their hands. They're not deeply feeling all of the sensations in their fingers. Uh, like for example, when I'm playing at the moment, it's quite late at night and it's a little bit chilly. I can feel sort of where my fingers are a little bit chilly, where they're a little bit warm, where my fingers are warmed up, where like the, the skin is a little bit cool from, from the breeze. I can feel very subtle um, sort of, um, it's not exactly breeze, it's just like the, the flow of air. Um, and then I can feel that, that my fingers are sort of relatively warmed up. I can feel the, the texture of the, uh, it, uh, this is all black keys on the piano. I can feel really, really the nuance of exactly the texture of the black keys. Um, uh, I can feel the resistance of the keys. There, there's so much nuance. And then as I do all of that, um, I feel exactly how my wrist uh, very, very loosely 
um, rotates as I, as I bring my third finger over. I can feel how my third, you know, there's so much going on. There's like an infinite amount of experience in my fingers, in my palm, my thumb, um, my wrist, my elbow, my, my arm, my body. There's an infinite amount of physical direct experience, like somatic experiencing. I'm what uh, a lot of people talk about being embodied. I'm deeply, deeply embodied as I play. And that's how I, that's how I learn the notes very, very rapidly because I, I learn what they feel like and I play with that feeling. It's not just hit this note, hit this note, hit this note. I'm, I'm, I'm immediately sort of um, learning an infinite amount of, of direct experience of what it all feels like. So, you know, that, that's me starting to demonstrate how you approach any piece of music. It's not just, oh, it's this note, this note, this note. It'll take you forever to learn it that way, and it's going to be unmusical. Anyway, you know, I, I realised that this is a lot to pack into one episode. So um, do please um, leave any comments or questions um, or things that you'd like to know more about, because I'm sure there's going to be more episodes and more YouTube videos to do with this kind of thing. So, uh, yes, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please do subscribe and like. I put so much time and effort into these things. Uh, it's, uh, it's always good to, um, to have people <clears throat> supporting in every way that they can, uh, because then it means that more people can get to listen to it. And, you know, I do make these things really hoping to help as many people as possible. Yes, I, I am available for online lessons. Just contact me through the website heartofthepiano.com uh, where you can also find the show notes. Um, and it, what I, when I teach people, it isn't just um, all the psychology stuff. It's not just only psychology. There's a lot of nitty-gritty technical stuff as well. If you're interested, you can have a look at um, my YouTube videos. Uh, the YouTube videos uh, is, uh, again, Heart of the Piano uh, on YouTube. There are lots and lots and lots of uh, tutorials where you can get a feeling for my teaching style. Uh, which are much less about the psychology on YouTube. Uh, anyway, yes, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, well done for listening this far. And uh, I will leave you to go and do some practicing. So have fun, take care and goodbye. <laughs>